Blog Talk Radio. Uh, good afternoon. Welcome to NGSBA's podcast program, Conversations on uh, New Jersey Education. This is a special series that we're putting on, uh, converse, Conversations with uh, Educators on the COVID-19 uh, Frontline. My name is Ray Pinney. I'll be your guest for uh, this afternoon. I'll be your host, not your guest. My, our guest is much more knowledgeable than me. Uh, I'll be your host for this afternoon's program. Uh, we'll be talking about uh, with a, a director of special education, uh, a, a superintendent uh, for Ed Services Commission. We'll get to that in a minute. But if you have a question that you want to pass on uh, to Andrea later on, you can type it in our uh, chat room. You have to log in with Blog Talk Radio, but there's no fee for that. Or you can call in and dial one three four seven. 989-8904, and just press number one, and Robin, who's managing our switchboard, um, will take your name and question, and then we'll put you on the air. So with us is Andrea Romano, and Andrea is the superintendent of the Sussex County Ed Services Commission, Sussex County and the furthest uh, northern county in New Jersey. So welcome, Andrea. Good afternoon, Ray. Um, so before we get started on how you dealt with the topsy-turvy world of education. Um, just tell us a little about what the Ed Services uh, uh, Commission is. Sure. Um, Sussex County Educational Services is a public school district um, that provides educational services in several different areas. Um, we currently provide special education programming uh, at our school located in Sparta, which is a school for students pre-K through age 21. We provide basic skill instruction and instruction in all of our non-public schools in Sussex County. We also provide related services, professional development, and special ed programming to public schools in Sussex County. Um, across New Jersey, there are nine uh, educational services commissions, special services school districts, and jointure commissions, and we're all set up to help facilitate special ed, transportation, professional development, um, to help the local public schools deal with uh, financial issues or personnel staffing issues and or to help with special ed programming. Okay, so and, and you so you serve students throughout Sussex County, not just in one district, and that's what all the Ed services do. Um, Correct. Some Each of, of the Ed services. Correct. Each of the Ed Services Commissions provides educational programming and or all those other services I just talked about in their own counties, but we also cross over counties if there's no um, programming like ours in those other counties. Um, other other ESCs provide cooperative purchasing programs. Um, transportation for other districts, um, medical support with nurses, and things like that. So we just try to support the services that public schools will need to help facilitate their programs. Okay, so uh, let's get to the our, our education world. The entire world actually has been turned upside down. But a few weeks ago, not even a few weeks, a couple weeks ago, you had to start preparing for um, going virtual. Uh, with the schools closing, at that time we thought for a couple of weeks looks like it's going to be at least till the middle of April. Uh, so, how did you uh, first address that when you saw this coming? 
Yeah, so uh, in our world, special education, it's a little bit different. It's not as simple to program or plan for students that have um, extreme uh, challenges or different and varying abilities. Um, so we as a district took it pretty seriously to start. And initially, we were providing hard copies of packets for our students to do. Um, we had initially decided we would look at, at activities and lessons for about a month. So we planned for two to four weeks. We provided hard copies of packets to students prior to um, the governor declaring that we were closing schools. Um, we had developed plans for how to best incorporate all the strategies and supports that we provide to our students um, on a daily basis, many of our students have one-to-one -one paraprofessionals and or receive extreme related services three to four different sessions a week of speech, occupational therapy, or physical therapy. Um, so we had a, a significant amount of challenges to kind of overcome. Our students uh, did not have a one-to-one -one initiative with technology. Many of our teachers had not developed Google Classrooms. Um, so we, we really um, had to move pretty quickly to set up Google Classrooms for the students that could utilize that, uh, create the supports um, that our parents needed to help provide the educational programming for our students, and then um, set up Google phone numbers so our students could call our teachers um, and, and really program pretty quickly for students. So what are some of the specifics of how you're meeting the needs of some students because your students, as you said before, have uh, you know some of them are one-on-one -on -one, uh, uh, therapy and a lot of other. So how do you try to make that, I guess, uh, virtually as best you can? Yeah. So um, as best as we can is what we're doing. Um, the special needs of our students vary significantly. Some of our students um, use communication devices, so we had to prepare and set up their communication devices with different um, communication activities for the students to be able to do. Most of the activities were um, identified as school-based, so now we had to change the, the communication devices to include school-based information, uh, home-based information. We had to provide visual supports to our families. Um, our students work on daily schedules where they um, are able to utilize you know, a schedule that's printed for them that they can take off on Velcro and, and put back and forth when they are done with an accomplished task. We had to create choice boards for students. Um, a lot of our students have functional behavioral assessments, so we were preparing to uh, create videos of teachers or paraprofessionals um, to remind students to redirect them to back to work. Um, to provide programming for students in that way. Some students needed specific um, equipment or chairs um, to sit in. They know that when they sit in their Riften chair, they have to get to work. So some of our parents called and requested to have those equipment-based activities um, sent home. Some of our teachers created sensory boxes or bins for our students because sensory um, activities are such a huge part and an essential part of keeping our students on track for the day. Um, so alone, um, not alone with all of the ac educational activities that they had to do, they had to provide all the support to help and assist and support the students in the learning process. So, uh, so this, I mean, this sounds like a heavy lift to me. Um, and uh, because, so does this, does the teacher communicate with the parent too, I guess, in, in some of these lessons be, uh, with the students? 
Yes. So we're doing a lot of Google Classroom activities. Um, a lot of the activities and lessons are directed to the students, but a significant amount of the activities are um, centered on the parents instructing the students. Um, our principal has set up a principal's classroom where the, the parents are part of that classroom. So they'll go in and watch a video of the teacher executing the lesson. They'll go in and, and identify the supports that are needed for those lessons. And then, um, you know, then the parents are really instructing. We also have some teachers who are doing live video feeds or videos that, um, you know, showcase some of the activities that the students are supposed to be doing. We have some really creative parents who are using some of the resources that were provided to them by our related services staff, such as um, helping their parents do laundry, sorting the socks and counting or categorizing them by color. Um, so we have some creative parents who are taking the information that our, our related services staff or our teachers are providing to them and really going with it. It's been pretty amazing. So is, um, uh, well, how do the parents react? And you told some of them are reacting very positively and maybe this is the first time they really did the hands-on type uh, educational uh, aspect with their students. Is, is that true or do they? Yeah, I mean, because of the type of school that we are, our parents, I have an open door policy. So our parents are allowed to come in um, and, and watch the lessons that our teachers provide to our students and or watch in the related services sessions because so much of the activities and lessons that were being done are transferable to what needs to happen in home or out in the community. So we're always utilizing those opportunities to teach our families how to um, provide programming for those students. So our parents have been great. Um, you know, I think that they want us to go back to normal and want us to, um, you know, have the kids come back to school, but they are doing a phenomenal job with um, executing the lessons and activities that we're providing for them. So they probably have a little bit more pressure on them than maybe some other parent. I mean, I'm not saying no parent has pressure, but they have pressure because they may have to actually do some of the, the teaching, the hands-on stuff. Yes. Yeah, and I think our parents are understanding. Um, we are offering support activities for them. We offer a mom's group normally during the school year. Um, so that mm -hmm. mom's group has gone virtual. We're offering a parent support group um, over the course of next week um, where parents can get online with us to just discuss what issues they're having or concerns that they're having. Um, you know, it's, it's about supporting the families in this time. I don't want to say academics are a secondary issue, but our students have, have difficulties with so many more challenges in their life. So we're providing the academic supports, but it's more about the life skills and social emotional wellness and how to, how to approach that for this, you know, what could be three months of staying at home. Yes. Yes. Uh, and yeah, the challenge is getting bigger, I think every day. Um, you talked about, and I want to go back to it, that you some of the parents needed uh, sensory devices. How did you get those to the parents when they picked up their child or went home with the child, or how did you get that to the parents? A lot of that happened right before that, that Friday before the governor closed school. We were prepared um, in Sussex County. Our superintendents met and discussed that we would close school for two weeks collectively. Um, and so we were able to send home a lot of that, um, a lot of the sensory tools home with the kids on that last Friday. Otherwise, we have made appointments with parents to pick up some of the chairs or equipment that they might need uh, in the classrooms. 
Did you have enough of that equipment? I mean, to, to hand out all of it, or is that one of the challenges? Um, currently, we have enough um, technology resources and or sensory or uh, uh, related services activities that we are able to send those home with our students. Um, we did the technology surveys that were provided. We did the um, programming, all of the surveys that the Department of Ed filled out. We, we had done all those already. So we knew if we had students that didn't have the technology resources, we did send home Chromebooks with them. Um, like I said, we did send home some chairs and some standards. We did send home sensory bins with students that we knew we needed them. Um, we've created lists for parents if they needed to purchase things um, on sensory things that can be found pretty easily at Target or Walmart or the dollar store. So we've been giving our parents a lot more information through all of this. Um, we're talking to Angie Romano, the superintendent of the Sussex County Ed Services, uh, Educational Commission Services. Uh, uh, if you want to call and ask a question, dial 1-347-989-8904 and press the number 1. Uh, or uh, you can just type in a question in the chat room. I know there are a few people there. Um, what was um, – well, how's your staff reacting? I mean, because most uh, – I'm making a generalization. Most educators are really – they get into it because it's a hands-on. They want to be with the kids. But I think special education – uh, teachers are probably even more so. So how is your staff handling this virtual uh, education? I think that is the hardest piece of this. Uh, the biggest challenge is not seeing the kids every single day. Um, I think our staff has done a phenomenal job with providing all the activities and the supports to the parents and to the students. Um, but the biggest challenge is not seeing our students every day. Um, you know, that's, that's, I think, tough for all educators, but I think uh, when our students have significant disabilities, it's, it's an even tougher, we get to know the students on a different level, we get to know the families on a different level. So um, I know for me, the pictures that the kids are posting on Facebook or the parents are posting on Facebook or in our Google Classrooms have been the best part of my days while I'm home uh, working. And uh, I think it helps all my teachers to see those students uh, completing the activities or the parents working with the students on those activities. I want to end on a positive note, but before I get that, what do you see as the biggest challenge, not just for yourself, but uh, other school districts with dealing with the special education student as we move forward in this crisis? Uh, as, you know, what do you see as the challenge that keeps you up at night? I'm sure a lot of things are keeping you up at night now. but. <laughs> I think the biggest um, challenge for, for those of us in special ed is the loss of the routines and the established behavior um, criteria that we've set for kids. So that, that routine structure that kids get, they understand when they get to school what's expected of them. Um, right now, those routines are all over the board. And as much as the parents are trying to maintain those routines, it's, it's difficult to do that in your own home. Um, it's difficult to do as both being the mom and the teacher or the dad and the teacher. So I think that the loss of routines and the reteaching of all of the behavioral structures are going to be our biggest challenge in special ed. Um, if there's regression for academics, we'll definitely be able to catch the students up for that. But it's, it's like reteaching and restarting a school year um, if and when we go back this school year. Yeah, one of the routines, I guess, was going to school every day, uh, and that was just something that they did. Yeah, more than that for our you students. Have, you, have, you, you structured their whole day. Uh, yeah. yeah uh, 
So uh, now I'd be remiss. I know the state board is meeting tomorrow to discuss some changes to that, uh, to a virtual uh, edu- uh, virtual learning and instruction uh, for special ed students, which currently is not possible. Um, have you any? I, I mean, I read through it. I'm not sure where it's going at this point. Correct. Um, teletherapy for related services such as speech, occupational therapy, and physical therapy has not been something the New Jersey Department of Education has approved previously. Um, and I believe there's a, a request at the state board level tomorrow to identify um, equity, meeting the needs of students, IEPs, to discuss uh, virtual um, teletherapy for students with special needs. Um, we don't have any further guidance on that other than uh, the commissioner is asking for the state board to, uh, you know, review that and make some adjustments and modifications to that so we can use teletherapy practice to provide related services programming. I do have a question from uh, the chat room. Uh, for those districts behind the ball, uh, and I, it's from Jason, and Jason is a teacher himself, I know that. Uh, what has been your best teaching practice with online uh, technology so far, in your opinion, with your students? Um, uh, I believe that our our best technology right now has been Zoom. Um, we've been able to um, video conference with students and or parents uh, through that feature. Um, I think it's been excellent. Um, you know, there are some concerns about uh, confidentiality and some concerns about that, but um, we, we've been able to, kids have been able to see us, and that's been the best piece of the technology is being able to, to see the students, being able to have the students see us, to model what we're doing, to teach what we're doing, um, to hear our, our voices, um, and, and I think that's been the best. Google Classroom has been phenomenal also. Um, you know, if teachers are currently utilizing some sort of online platform, um, then it's seamless. It's, it's, it's been great. Uh, I know you told me a story uh, when I had a conversation with you about um, uh, sometimes if the parents having problems with the, their, uh, the student, uh, they, they have the principal come online. Uh, is is, is right. that something that's happened in a cute way, I think? So. Our principal um, was asked by a parent to provide some redirection of, a, of her child who was unable to be able to stay on task at home. So the principal videotaped herself on her cell phone and sent that uh, video to the parent that just reminds the student that he is working on school-related activities and that he needed to focus his attention and to redirect himself back to the activities. So the parent has that video on her cell phone and she can share that with her son when she needs to do that so that he is redirected back to his activities. Um, and I think That's that great. that was an ingenious way to, to support the student and the parent in the home. Uh, okay, uh, any, what's, uh, now there, there's a couple, is there anything else that you're really proud of that you're, you have done that you think or maybe one of your staff members did that you're like, wow, I didn't think of that. That's a great idea. Um, I'm super proud of my staff because we, we truly turnkeyed this like overnight um, with the videos, with the Google Classroom, with Zoom. Um, you know, we hadn't been using a lot of those platforms currently, um, but they were able to dig right in and, and get it up and running. Um, 
you know, there's been so many phenomenal things. Our, our teachers, our paraprofessionals are reaching out to the students that they work with. Um, they're reminding the students they're reading books to them online. Um, next week, we have a story session with the superintendent and the principal. So both of us are reading to students online. We're having a social event with our students um, and with our families. So I, I think being creative right now is, is the most amazing piece of this for all educators. Um, I think we're all able to show some creativity, uh, try to understand that, you know, the social connections are so important in education and, and not having those social connections right now, I think is, is the biggest challenge for all of us, um, but doing the things that we can possibly do to keep those connections with the students and our families is, is essential. Okay. Uh, that, let's end on that happy note. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, and I do want to extend, I think, not just to your district. I think pretty much almost overnight, literally, uh, we've come up with plans to do the best education we can. And in your case, it's with students uh, with special needs, and it's, it's it's not easy, and I think you're making the best of the situation. Um, and so I want to thank you and congratulate you on your work, and uh, that will bring us to the end of this program. So thank you, Andrea. Thanks, Ray. Thank you, and I hope everyone enjoyed listening to Andrea and her best practices. Uh, we will also be uh, having another podcast on Thursday at 2 o'clock, and on that one, that will be the superintendent of the Mount Olive School District. They've done some interesting things with te technology at that school. And thank you, and I hope you all have a good afternoon.